All right. Hello, Uncommon community. I'm Ryan, and we are back with the Uncommon cast from the studio. That's right. The studio is also a garage, which mm-hmm. is why I'm dressed very warmly because it's 55 degrees in here, and that is very cold for the Southern California girl. I am Dawn, <laughs> by the way, and excited to be here chatting with everybody today. I'm Cody. Um, <clears throat> I also feel the need to oh, talk gosh. about our setting. I don't want to talk about it anymore. This is a table that we made from a sign that was at our first event, which is really special. And I'm wearing double plaid, <laughs> and Ryan's wearing double denim. Welcome. <laughs> this is the Double Down podcast. That's a, I bet that's a different one. This is the Probably. Uncommon Cast. Yeah, this is the Uncommon Cast. You're okay. in the right place. There we go. <laughs> I don't know where we're going this morning. <laughs> Don, why don't you start yeah, us off? Start us off, Don. Here's the thing. Um, I actually don't know of one single person that is like doing well right now. <laughs> like nobody that I know is like, man, things are going great. Life is good. I'm really enjoying this 12th month of COVID lockdown and I just feel it at my most creative my most just full of life that I've ever I don't hear anybody saying that right now right Mm -hmm. people may have pockets of goodness and finding like appreciating the good amongst the bad of pandemic and Mm -hmm. the world being disappointed at you and you being disappointed in yourself but then um there those are the only moments of good no one's going oh it's all good, right? No. Yeah. Um, some days I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I'm like, this is fine. We're doing it. And some days it's just the struggle bus. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm an Enneagram 9. And for those of you who don't know what the Enneagram is, it's like a personality typing test thing. Um, and nines go to three in health. And uh, that's like productivity and and like really killing it, you know. And I feel so unproductive. So that energy that I get from being productive and accomplishing things, it just hasn't been there for a long time, and it's really mm-hmm. frustrating, mm-hmm. you know. And so today, when we were talking a, f- a few days ago about like, okay, what do we want to podcast on? Do we want to have a guest? And I was like, why don't we like just do a check-in and Ryan's like, mm-hmm. like get coffee. And I'm like, yeah, but then we'll record it and other people can listen to it. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're just checking in because um, it's rough. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there are some days you're right, Cody, that you're like, I am nailing this thing. I am doing amazing at zoom school and I know what I'm cooking for dinner. <laughs> and I've, I don't, I don't, I like, what do we even do? Anyways, then there's other days where you're like, I literally cannot think of food or wash a dish ever again. And everybody in my house needs, like, I just need to go hide in the bathroom for a while. I'm not doing okay. And it's been rough. (laughs) <laughs> it's been freaking rough. Um, I thought it would be good <laughs> to just like circle the wagons and just like check in for a little bit because um, here's what I know about myself. When things are hard 
and I am not doing well, I assume that it's um, my fault. I assume that I'm probably the only one that can't get their shit together. I assume that everybody else has probably figured out how to do this by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm probably the only one that feels unmotivated and uncreative and like the actual life force has been sucked out of me. That's the story that I tell myself. And in those moments, I hear my friend Leanna um, in her words say, um, what if it's not hard because you're failing? What if it's just hard? And I don't think we often grant ourselves the grace of being like, that's just hard. Mm-hmm. And it's been hard. And there's not like a light at the end of the tunnel for when it's going to be easier. Yeah. Well, and, and for so long, I think um, going in, we're a year into pandemic. I think everyone, as, as you started, you were going, okay, this is going to be one to three months. Right. Mm-hmm. And that went, and then it's going, okay, one to three months again, it'll be summer. Yeah. Okay. And then it's going to be fall. Now it's going to be oh. December. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's going to be March and then, then June. And so that as, as the normality keeps getting pushed back, mm-hmm. um, the, uh, the optimism of this is just a short season begins to get old and, and make your heart weary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and yeah, the more and more that you connect with people, those that you are connecting with, because some of our hearts feel so empty right now that we're just not being able to connect with people enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But when you do connect, you realize everyone is kind of in that same boat, yeah. right? And uh, and not that there's any fix in talking about it, but there's connection when you talk about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. um, went I went back to something I had written like actually a really long time ago, and um, felt like I was speaking to myself in those moments. Um, like three years ago when I wrote it. And the idea that I had kind of written out was that we often um, hide the fact that we're struggling. We hide the fact that we're messy. We hide the fact that, you know, fill in the blank (laughs) with our own personal brand of shame that we like to heap on ourselves um, because we assume that others would be repelled by the truth of who we are the truth of our messiness, the truth of our shame. And in fact, I find that the opposite is true, but we don't often test the theory. See, I find that when we share about our own struggles, just like Ryan was saying, it doesn't fix it, but it does this amazing thing of making you feel less alone in it, mm-hmm. Um, which is maybe uh, the most important thing that we can do for one another right now. Right. There's no (laughs) I don't have, frankly, the energy or the capacity to fix anybody else. I can't even fix myself. But what I can do is be real about my own struggles and then just sit with people in the mess for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And as an Enneagram seven, I I don't like to sit in messes. Mm -hmm. I would much rather be optimistic and think we're just around the corner from (sighs) some amazing thing. Mm -hmm. But I I don't think it's true anymore yeah. <laughs> right now. Well, and, and and for 
us, like, I feel like we're all pretty optimistic people. Yeah. Um, and for us to get to the place where we're like, <sighs> yeah, is this ever going to end? <laughs> for our optimism to start to dwindle a little bit, it just speaks to how challenging this time has been. And it tells me that people who aren't as optimistic as maybe we are yeah. are probably struggling a lot through this. Yeah. And so what a gift it would be to just say to somebody like, uh, yeah, I get it. I, I see you. I, I, I'm there with you. Like it's hard and it sucks. Um, but I think the hope in it is we, we kind of touched on it a little bit ago is the grace Mm-hmm. In saying like, I'm still loved. We're still accepted by God. Um, we're still beloved by him, you know? Um, and even through the challenge and not to put a bandaid on it, not to put a bandaid on it at all, but to just recognize like the grace is so strong that no amount of striving or anything is going to equal the amount of grace that we get. And maybe even like an interesting thing to consider is that even now in our most unproductive, uncreative, un whatever, um, even in that space, we are actually not less loved or less valuable mm-hmm. to God because it never was about how much we could produce or create or generate. Exactly. Um, we just thought that it was. And so in stripping away all of the things that felt like we were climbing this ladder towards God's mm. love and approval, mm. all we can sit with is like, even now, even now, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny how our our practices our practices in life with humans um we project on God as well. Mm-hmm. We, we make yep. all the same assumptions of God that we make of all the people that we're trying to please, Which right? is actually like one of the biggest blockages to relationship with God. Correct. Right. So like we we often feel that we have to get our stuff together before God will smile upon us or draw mm-hmm. close to mm-hmm. us, right? It's the same way that we feel that we have to clean the house and get everything right before anyone comes over. Because that is the image that we want them to see of our lives that we're put together. The laundry piles are hidden, right? Right. The dishes are tucked somewhere. We've even, I've even tucked dirty dishes in a box and put them in the garage before people come over. I I totally, no one else has done that. I'm sure. (laughs) Tell us, tell us about your carpet in here, Ryan. (laughs) Oh, that I spray the carpet before we all hang out in here too. Because he's worried that it smells. <laughs> it, it smells totally very, because I wanted to smell like good. Right? You know what? Like the but we God. do that. We we do that for people, mm-hmm. and we're because we are avoiding the shame of yeah. anyone seeing our authentic messiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all have dirty houses at times, dirty dishes, laundry piles, and depending on what type of dog you have random amounts of of hair piled on the floor yes that we clean up again i cleaned up before you guys got here so you don't see me in my authentic messiness but then we feel that we we do that with god too subconsciously Mm -hmm. that we need to gosh before i have a really good prayer session or really talk with god about what's on my heart and my needs i better do something nice today and read the bible so i can check those boxes and then god will smile upon me to hear the need of my heart 
Mm. And it, okay, so that that makes me yes. think two thoughts. One is like, what is it in us? Okay, if it's common to all humanity that we have laundry piles and dirty dishes and uh, just things in life that are out of control, like mm-hmm. for goodness sakes, I. I can't do all of the freaking things. Yeah. I can't do it. So sometimes it's the laundry, sometimes it's the dishes, but don't ask me to have them all done at the same time. <laughs> it's I can't do it. So, so then why do we feel like this compulsion to hide that truth right. from other people because they're going to judge us for the exact same thing that the, that they do? And instead, what if we were just like you know, I didn't get to the laundry today, but I value relationship more than tidiness, more than your perception of my lack of mess, mm-hmm. even though it's not that's not the authentic me. <laughs> so I'm going to clean up my shit before you come over. Like, why don't we just I mean, not, I'm not saying like, let's live like freaking disgusting people. I'm just saying sometimes things are out of order. In my right. brain and in my house. Right. <laughs> Can so, I just invite you into that space? I think the gem and the treasure of reconnecting in a time like now where we all feel like we need to reconnect with other people and we're we're coming out of something that was and we're hoping for a better future tomorrow, but we're all still in this place. Maybe the best gift that we can give relationships is to be brave with authenticity mm-hmm. as to the mess that we feel now. Mm-hmm. And when you're brave with leading into authenticity and allowing people to just see your imperfection, it allows them to feel one understood. Yep. And it allows them to mm-hmm. go, "Oh, I can take down the front and I can be real with you." And then all of a sudden, you have that yeah. that intimacy, that closeness, that mm-hmm. reconnection with people that you felt far from. Yeah. What if our being true and authentic about our own messiness actually would set other people free? Mm -hmm. Okay, Brene. That's so Brene Brown, right? It's the bravery of authenticity that allows that allows and actually instigates others to be authentic in their real selves as well. Oh, I don't have to be ashamed by that thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm not the only one. Yeah. And I and the funny thing is that. I think that that extends to our messiness and when we bring the best of ourselves. Mm-hmm. What if we bring our authentic messiness and where we're falling short and just say, ah, I'm not, I'm just not good at that. And what if we also bring the best of who we are to any given situation? People see our authentic selves and they're able to respond in kind and bring their authentic self. Right. Yeah. And I actually don't think, like, I think when we are able to show up with all of our stuff, mm-hmm. that is the best of who we are. Yeah. Cause it's not having to put the dirty pieces in a box and shove it in the garage. Right. Yeah, like, right. it's just like, mm-hmm. I am awesome and awful all at once. And, <laughs> and here I am. Like, I like let's that. do yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> um, awesome and awful all at once. Yeah. That's, that's all of that's us. That's the title of this podcast. <laughs> awesome and awful. Um, so then it makes me think, right? Like, how do we relate relating this back, relating all of this back to God, to the creator, to mm. the, the bigger power, right? And we know, like, in the Christian stories, 
Jesus came to earth to kind of represent God in human skin. I know. I, I regret that I said that <laughs> immediately. Um, God as a human. What God would be like if he were a human, right? There you go. Um, and what do we see Jesus doing? Um, what I don't see is uh, Jesus being overly concerned with how much people had their shit together. I don't see him standing far away from people and kind of calling out like, hey, once you get better at that, let's talk. Um, what I see is him like actually coming close to people mm-hmm. and being like, yeah, you're kind of a mess. Well, and those are the ones that he seemed to not only draw close to, but those are the ones that he lifted up mm-hmm. when there was someone before him that said, I, I want to believe, help me with my unbelief. Like mm-hmm. the super like authentic moment before the son of God saying, I have a lot of unbelief, but I want to believe Jesus, mm-hmm. Jesus didn't like reprimand mm-hmm. him. Right. He was not, that, that right there, mm-hmm. that's goodness. Mm-hmm. Like when you, when you just, you know, open the curtains and reveal what's in your heart, like those were the moments where Jesus lifted people up, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, and, and to it, go, Oh, to go old Testament. Yeah. Oh, you wanna... Well, on, just on that, before we go old Testament, <laughs> it actually, like when you think of, there's a story in the Bible of, um, this young rich guy and he came to Jesus and basically was like, Hey, like, how do I actually live? How do I live a life that's worth living? And Jesus was like, come and hang out with me and I'll show you. And the guy was like, okay, but first I have to go get some stuff together. I have to, I have to get some things in order over here. Mm. And we share, Jesus shares that story or the, the writers of the gospel share that story to be like, Jesus wasn't interested in you going first to get your stuff in order. Like you either choose life or you choose having all your stuff in order. But in some way in Jesus math, those things are kind of mutually exclusive, right? You can't have, you can't do both. So I don't know like that. Hmm, I just want to sit with that thought for a second. That's almost the same moment as like the, the Mary and Martha mm-hmm. moment mm-hmm. where, um, you know, Jesus and the disciples, they're over at the house and, and Martha is just busy taking care of everyone. There's no fault in that. Like there's no, mm-hmm. No fault in that, but Mary kind of like set aside the things to do and was just purely in the moment with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and there's a point being made as you read that that story where Jesus is like, it's more important to be in the moment right now than mm-hmm. to be worried about the things to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you be fully present just as you are and not worry about making the scene comfortable or being worried about how you appear? If you mm-hmm. said all the right words or right. you did all the right things. Yeah. Yeah. And those are like the places that over and over again, Jesus is like, I'm just going to come and like hang out in this messiness with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's got me thinking about um, something that you said in the text messages that as we were preparing for this conversation. So linking authenticity to truth, Mm -hmm. the truth of who we are. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned before, uh, and you can explain it better, but I'm just going to, 
tee it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you mentioned before the 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 kind of juxtaposition of yeah. darkness and light and truth and lies and how you know darkness can't exist when there's light and lies can't exist when there's truth. Yeah. You know, exposing the lies with truth. And what if the truth of who we are, right. even if it's messy, expels the lies that we tell ourselves yes. about ourselves? Hmm. Yeah. And not only the lies that we tell ourselves, but the lies that we perpetuate in other people by help mm-hmm. by them thinking that we have our act together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Totally. Right. So there's this idea, right? And like this is an old youth group symbolism that we used to teach our middle schoolers, right? That is just so good that we hung on to it forever. Um that we often think that light and dark are equal opposite forces, right? That mm-hmm. light is over here and dark is over here. And some they if they meet in the middle, it's like gray, mm-hmm. right? But it's like this this scale of light to dark. And in reality, if you've ever interacted with darkness, um, light is actually, light dispels darkness, right? Darkness can't exist where light is. Mm -hmm. So if you walk into a dark room and you turn on the lights, it's not like there's suddenly a gradient of light to dark. There is no more darkness left. The light came on and the darkness can't exist where light is. That's just... Science, I think. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> well, light is a force, right? Where darkness is just the, the absence. absence of light. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so in that same way, when we think about ourselves, shame and disappointment and the lies that we tell ourselves um, can't exist where truth is. So when we turn on the light of who we really are or what the truth is about us, we can't allow that shame to exist in the same place where truth is. Mm -hmm. So truth is to shame and lies what light is to dark. Yeah. And even if the truth is messy. Yeah. Because even in that messiness, the truth is you are loved. Right. You're accepted. Yeah. You're not alone. You're, you're not alone. You're seen. Yeah. Um, so I love that imagery because initially when you think about it, it's like, oh, well, but, but the, the, the truth of who I am is messy and, and that's not, that's not good. You know, that's mm-hmm. not uh, virtuous. You mm-hmm. know, <laughs> we associate uh, it with, with having these virtues that we can strive towards, but, um, but I love the imagery that even in our messy true authenticity and our the truth of who we are, God still looks at us and says, I love you. And that's the real truth. That's the real truth that expels all the lies. That's right. That okay. So that's the that's the old testament picture that that is just that's bringing this up. Yeah. So first Kings 19. Um do pastors Elijah, know all scripture references? All scripture references. Good, because I'm going to ask know. you about one that I was trying to think of. I can't remember. Yeah, no. So, <laughs> right? This is just one I've gone to so many times. And no, I can't tell you the verse, but I know the chapter, right? So bonus points, right? Okay, okay, okay. Caves. <laughs> um, there is this moment in that chapter. So you make fun of the, the First Kings 19 reference. 
Just go read it. First Kings 19. So Elijah's having this dark moment of the soul. Like he just had this high point in his life. Absolutely awesome. There was, there was fire. It was crazy, right? But <laughs> popularity, fame. Then he goes to this dark moment where he realizes someone wants to kill him. Right. And, uh, which isn't, I mean, it always is like after the, when you think everything is so great and you find out, oh my gosh, these people were thinking horrible thoughts about me all along that it like doubles the crash, doubles the crash because you thought things were good, but then you find out someone doesn't like you or you disappointed someone or you offended someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So then he's in this moment where there's like, oh, but I'm not pleasing everyone, right? And and he goes into this total dark night of the soul where he goes and hides in a cave and he just, um, he gets to a point where yeah, I, I'd be better off dead, right? But that's where God enters the scene and says, what are, you, what are you doing? Why are you hiding in the dark? And I think so many of us do want to hide in the dark because it hides our imperfections, mm-hmm. right? We're, mm-hmm. But God meets him there and doesn't get in his face, right? God goes, okay, I want to, I want to give you food. I want to give you rest, mm-hmm. and I want to connect with your heart. And I want to point out the fact that I am meeting you in your darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm meeting you in your hiding, because I'm. There's a phrase in the in the Old Testament too that the God who sees me, right? Mm-hmm. And and God meets him in that moment and whispers, "What are you, what are you doing? Why are you in here?" And I think the reason why is because God just wants us to be real and goes, I'm freaking afraid. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. I'm, I'm disappointed in myself. Other people are disappointed. I'm ashamed. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I? What am I doing? What is my purpose? Like this just real authentic questioning of all the big, being open about all the big questions on our hearts. Mm-hmm. And then God's response isn't like, yeah, you really screwed up. No, it was like, hey, get some rest. Here's some food, right? Mm-hmm. Take a nap. Take a nap. And- <laughs> And overwhelmingly, God is saying, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you here in this moment of disappointment in who you are. Mm -hmm. And because that is is the God of love who draws Mm -hmm. close to us in our darkness, right? And and draws us out into the light. Mm -hmm. And I think as we do that for others, when we can when we can be authentic and and reveal kind of some of the disappointment in our own lives, it allows others to be brave that way too. And allows us to enter each other's darkness in a sense and draw one another into mm-hmm. light. Yeah. And or even just keep each other company there for a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. That reminds me of the story from the podcast. Yeah, totally. Can you just talk about meeting someone in, ah, giving someone company? What was the phrase? I'm going to find you where you are and keep you company there for a while. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. Jen Hatmaker was interviewing um, a man who spent most of his professional career as a suicide counselor. Mm-hmm. So counseling people who he specifically dealt with people who had had multiple suicide attempts. And um, he told the story of this one woman early in his career that kind of shaped how he was going to deal with people moving forward. And um, he was like, you know, you've been in a lot of therapies. You've done all of the tricks you've tried all of the tools what if we don't do any of that if that's okay he's like what if instead i just find you where you are and keep you company there for a while mm-hmm. and if that isn't what all of us want yeah. in those moments is just to be found where you are 
Yeah. And not be like, hey, get out of there. What are you doing? But just be like, hey, can I just mm. hang out with you for a little bit? Mm. And like, that's what God did for Elijah. He's like, hey, right. I'm going to bring you some snacks. I'm just going to hang out. Yeah. Right? I'm going to keep you company in this in this space for a while. And and what a gift to not only receive that, but to give that to others. It reminds me of that video of Brene Brown, second Brene. Oh, yes. Um, I thought, yeah. <laughs> uh, second reference. Brene reference. Uh, we where, need a bell. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> where... Uh, Mm-hmm. There's this person that they're down in a hole and somebody comes by and like, hey, what you doing down there? You okay? Yeah. You want a sandwich? Mm-hmm. They're like, no. And then someone comes down and they're like, oh, hey, I'm going to come down into the pit with you and just sit with you for a while. Yeah. And the huge difference between like, oh, are you okay? I'm up here. I'm okay. To I'm going to come down where you are. And sit in the messiness with you. Um, that's a huge difference that I think we all could use that and we can all do that for yeah. one another. Yeah. We don't actually, it doesn't require a single skill. No, <laughs> it's just, it's just, I mean, it's listening. It's being with people. It's not trying to fix things. No. You don't have to. You just have to be there um, with it's, people through it. Yeah. It's that uh, courageous authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, entering the space with just humility of being real and not perfect. And yeah, that listening, maybe mm-hmm. that's the greatest gift that we can give yeah. others right now. So to wrap all of this meandering thought trail up, <laughs> times are tough friends and it's okay if you're not okay. Cause most of us aren't right now. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want you to hear is that um, we'd love to sit in that space with you. If you're really struggling, like we want to sit in that space with you. And it's something that each of us can offer to another person is simply to keep them company wherever they're at right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's maybe the greatest gift that we can give. And it's maybe the only anecdote to what we're all experiencing right now Um is somebody just keeping company in the mess with us? Mm-hmm. Kind of like Jesus did. Yeah. And maybe, yeah, so just know we're, we'd love to be there for you. If you want to reach out to us in any, in any way, we can text, we could call, we can uh, connect with your heart. And maybe also there's someone else that you feel you mm-hmm. could be connecting with too. Yeah and being real with and meeting them mm-hmm. um, not to fix them, but just to keep company with them where they're at. Amen to that. Yeah. Right on. So that we should wrap up. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at hello at uncommon good SD.com. It's, it's there on the screen, right? Right. <laughs> um, But we love you guys. Seriously. We're in it with you. Yep. That's right. And remember on that note that you are loved. You are valued. And you belong. Talk to you next time.